On this episode of RevHang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Monterey and the Formula One Italian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome to RevHang. I'm your host, Nathan Nevue, and alongside me today is my fellow gearhead and co-host, Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? Pretty good. It's about 8 p.m. here. Got my uh, last cup of coffee for the day, and I'm ready to talk about some racing. Nice. Got a cup of coffee at 8 p.m. I <laughs> Another reminder, though, <laughs> we are on very different schedules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully but, I can uh, uh, work some stuff around and change that at some point. But for now, coffee at 8 sounds good. Sounds good to me. All right. Um, let's just jump right in. Uh, we have a couple of races to talk about today. First one is the IndyCar Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey in Salinas, California. Uh, this was the IndyCar finale, and so we do officially have an IndyCar champion for 2022. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so let's go over qualifying for this race at the legendary Laguna Seca track, which I know is one of our favorites. Great place to end the season. Um, fantastic place to end the season i think it was at long beach last year which is another good one so they they got their finales down and i think uh, f1 should take some notes <laughs> um, you don't like abu dhabi not as a finale not gonna <laughs> lie i think they should just uh swap that with brazil just give that a quick swap and call that good but anyway uh, qualifying for the last race of the season we'll do the entire field uh because People are intermixed throughout, and it does kind of matter where people are. Uh, this was kind of a nuts race. <laughs> but um, first off, on pole position, scoring his 68th pole position of his career and breaking Mario Andretti's uh, pole position record of 67 is Will Power. Um, awesome job to him. I know he was really gunning for that record, and so I think it's really cool that he got it. Uh, second was Callum Eilat, followed by Alexander Rossi, Roman Grosjean, Pato Award. 6-10 through 10 was David Malukas, Scott McLaughlin, Felix Rosenqvist, Marcus Erickson, and Simon Pagano. 11-15 was Alex Pillow, Helio Castro-Neves, Scott Dixon, Renus VK, and Connor Daly. 16-20 through 20 is going to be Christian Lungard, Kyle Kirkwood, Colton Herta, Graham Rahal, and Devlin DeFrancesco. 21 uh, through 25, well actually 21 through 26 to finish everything out is yeah, Jack Harvey, Takuma Sato Jimmy Johnson, Dalton Kellett Joseph Newgarden and Simona de Silvestro important things to keep an eye on Joseph Newgarden starts in 25th um, what else Scott Dixon starts in 13th Alex Palo starts in 11th uh, that's kind of it uh, in terms of people to think about um so getting into the race will power took a pretty early lead and gapped the field a little bit um and then joseph newgarden started to cut his way through the field um he was flying for the entire race <laughs> yeah yeah watching the uh if you watched the formula one race today and you thought that uh verstappen and hamilton made up some places and signs uh watching joseph newgarden take it from 25th pretty crazy to watch on such a tight track yeah he was not afraid to send it especially into the corkscrew that was like his his overtaking spot this his race which is awesome because 
Yeah, because that's such a great corner that it's just it was just fun to watch all the overtakes happen there. Um, but uh, also, Callum Eilat was in P2 at this point in the race, still pretty early on. Uh, he did a very good job to stay up there with the leaders. Um, qualified second, which it's his rookie season, and um, that's just very, very mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, cool stuff from him. It's the first time we've kind of seen him shine in IndyCar so far. Um, first kind of moment of brilliance we've seen since his F2 days. Um, yeah, it's cool to see an F2 driver come over and have success there. Unfortunately, he had an engine failure about a quarter of the way into the race and uh, stopped on track and caused what I believe was the only caution of the race. I think there was only the one, right? I think um, so. That sounds right. Uh, but, yeah, so Kashi came out. Some people dove into the pits. Some people kept going. Um, there were so many different strategies going on all at the same time during this race. Uh, and it all kind of came together and crescendoed at the end. It was a lot of fun to watch play out. Um, but a part of the reason that the strategy was such a big deal is because tire degradation was so high at this track. Um in the road, yeah, there were, there, old road surface yeah tears up tires and uh, it was pretty there. hot yeah it was pretty hot today too um it's kind of a perfect storm for tires melting um so there were some runners that were on a three-stop race and uh some on a four-stop new garden was on a four-stop and uh, that's why he was flying through the field is because he was just pedal to the metal 100 percent pace for pretty much the whole race um, didn't do a lot of fuel saving, didn't do a lot of tire saving because he didn't really need to on the four stop. Um, but that just made it a lot of fun to watch, especially with him coming from the back. Yeah. Um, at this point in the race, we're about halfway through. Polo made his way up to first place. And once he got to first, he was gone. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Yeah, the man gapped the field by like 30 seconds. And uh, there was there was no catching him. Um, yeah. New Garden this is especially weird for at me. This point. Uh, he was in a, a different colored car this weekend. He was in a blue car. For a second, I was like, oh, no, not Scott McLaughlin again. Because uh, he was in a green <laughs> car last weekend, and Scott McLaughlin was in the blue. Uh, but yeah. no, he Scott McLaughlin. Blew away. Yeah, I think this week McLaughlin was in like a white and yellow car. Yeah. The one thing about IndyCar that I find a little annoying is how often they, they do special liveries. Like, I get it, and it's cool to see all the new liveries, but it, it makes it really hard to keep track of who people are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes you feel like a total rookie at watching the sport every so often. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pelot completely just drove off into the distance. Uh, no one was even going to even come close to really contesting him. Um but Newgarden and Power were racing for the championship. Um, Power with with the uh, with the advantage in in terms of points. Uh, Newgarden had to basically win the race, and Power had to basically crash at the point in the race they were at. Um, they were racing each other for a good 20, 30 laps, uh, kind of in the near vicinity of each other at least. Um, but we got to our overtake of the week when Newgarden finally caught up to Will Power. Um, he absolutely sent it down the inside into the corkscrew and just because of how much was weighing on that move and the fact that they were teammates both fighting for the title and uh, 
even the move itself was was a pretty big send. <laughs> um, that's why I gave it that. Yeah, and he gave it two like move on the corkscrew. Absolutely. Uh, there were there were quite a few incidents on the corkscrew this weekend, and qualifying, and practice, and during the race, people spinning out, and yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, it took no prisoners, just like always. It's a really tough corner. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how people take it once the uh, the track has resurfaced. Yeah, the track, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. The track is getting resurfaced um, this year, uh, so it will be different next time we race there. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect things, if Griff's going to go up or down. If I were to guess, I'd say Griff's going to go down. Yeah, it'll go down. Yeah because it'll be less abrasive. Um, and Griff's already <laughs> a hard commodity to come by at Laguna Seca. So this track might become even more chaotic in the future, which I am all for. Can't wait. Arca at Laguna yeah. Seca next, please. Absolutely. Maybe we, can, maybe we can go to NASCAR. There you go. Yeah, NASCAR truck <laughs> series at Laguna Seca. <laughs> when? Wow, I could see that. That'd be amazing. That's how you break um, in the track surface. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, New Gun ended up finishing second ahead of Power, but Power ended up third and had enough points to win the championship. So Power uh, won the championship and broke the all-time pole possession record in one weekend. Um, good stuff. It's a good weekend for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, quite the, uh, I'm sure a lot of emotions flowing for him, especially afterwards when he got home and kind of could breathe out a little bit. Yeah. Um, of course, I don't know if they went home. They're probably all partying right now. Alcorn is a good place to party. Yeah, especially in the in the Bay Area. Um, but Yeah. That was kind of the race, so now we'll go over the results. In first place, taking the win, was Alex Pelot. It was his first win and only win of the season, um, so it was cool to see the former the former champion um, cap off his season, at least with a high note, um, especially with all the uncertainty in his future. Yeah. Um, Joseph Newgarden came second. And, uh, oh, I guess Felix, Rosenf Felix Rosenfist ended up third ahead of Will Power. I misspoke earlier. Oh, snuck uh, in so there. Will Power huh. was fourth. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Um, Christian Lungard was fifth. Six through ten was Scott McLaughlin, Roman Grosjean, Padua Ward, Marcus Erickson, and Alexander Rossi. Colton Herda was 11th, um, followed by Scott Dixon, David Malukas, Renas VK, and Devlin DeFrancesco. 16 through 20 was Jimmy Johnson, Simon Pagano, Graham Ray Hall, Helio Castro Nevis, and Jack Harvey. And then 21 through 26 was Kyle Kirkwood, Simona de Silvestro, Takuma Sato, Connor Daly, Dalton Kellett, and Callum Eilat. And I believe Callum Eilat was the only DNF this race. All right. So we'll do the championship standings this one last time for IndyCar. Um, all the way, all 35 drivers <laughs> that took part in this hectic IndyCar season. So bear with me while I go through this. One through five was Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Scott McLaughlin, and Alex Pillow. 
6 through 10 was Marcus Erickson, Patricio Award, Alexander Rossi, Felix Rosenquist, and Colton Herta. 11 through 15 was Graham Rahal, Renas VK, Roman Grosjean, Christian Lundgaard, and Simon Pagino. 16 through 20 was David Malukas, Connor Daly, Helio Castro Neves, Takuma Sato, Callum Eilat. Uh, 21 through 25 was Jimmy Johnson, Jack Harvey, Devlin DeFrancesco, Kyle Kirkwood, and Dalton Kellett. 26 through 30 was Tony Kanan, Ed Carpenter, Santino Ferrucci, Tatiana Calderon, and J.R. Hildebrand. And finally, rounding things off, 31 through 35 was Juan Pablo Montoya, Simona De Silvestro, Marco Andretti, Sage Karam, and Stefan Wilson. Wow. All right. We're done. What a season for IndyCar. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a cool time to really pay close attention to it. Always kind of followed it loosely last season, but this season was the first time I really got into it. And it was pretty rewarding. Yeah. Same here. Last season, uh, I kind of followed for a little bit. Uh, I was rooting for, for Pato Award, as always. Um, my McLaren fandom or fanship whatever the word is transferred over from f1 um but yeah this this season was the first one where i watched every race and followed it super close like you said and uh i think we chose a good one to start on because it was really tight all the way to the end between like five guys yeah that's really cool uh it's a stark contrast to the f1 season so far yeah (laughs) for sure um also i forgot to write this down uh, but just reading through the names, I noticed Christian Lundgaard ended up being the highest-ranking rookie, so he won the Rookie of the Year He had some really award. good races. Yes, he did. Um, David Malukas was in contention for it, too, um, and he also had a very good season, uh, also with many good races, especially towards the end of the season. He really started to catch up. I think give it Given another two or three races, he might have passed Lingard. He just has really good momentum right now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the future, because especially at the end of the season, he was a real, real solid driver. Yeah, yeah. Next season will be super interesting to see where all the rookies end up. Yeah. Um, those were kind of the two that ended up somewhat high up. Uh, the other rookies kind of ended up where you would expect, kind of towards the bottom. Um, but yeah, good job to them, uh, and especially Christian Lungard for winning the Rookie of the Year. Um, also notably in these uh, champ in this championship list I got here, I also put the amount of wins that each driver has. Uh, I found it very fascinating that Joseph Newgarden won five races and did not win the championship, <laughs> whereas Willpower won one and won the championship. Um, I guess, I mean, looking at it and where all the finishes ended up, it was just because Will Power was so consistently, like, top four. Um, Not not a lot of wins, but a lot of podiums and uh, a lot of fourth places. Whereas Joseph Newgarden won a lot of races, but the races he didn't win, he was down in, like, the mid-teens. So, um... Yeah, he was a lot less consistent than willpower, and um, as we can see in motorsport, <laughs> there are many examples where consistency wins championships. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit that uh, just because you have 
a bunch of race wins doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have the most points at the end of the season if you're not consistent enough. All right. Let's move on to Formula One and the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. Um, we'll just jump right into qualifying, or at least the grid order, as they as they started on Sunday. First was, or actually, do you wanna do you wanna go through this, Ben? Okay, I can do this. Okay, for qualifying, uh, we start off with Leclerc, Russell, and Norris, uh, finishing pretty high on uh, Saturday. Then we followed by it, we had his teammate Ricardo in fourth. Then we had Gasly, Alonso, uh, Verstappen took a penalty. We had a lot of penalties uh, going into qualifying. Uh, so you'll see a lot of driver shakeups in addition to an eighth, uh, Nick DeVries, who filled in for Alex Albon, who's going through a, a bout of appendicitis, which I've never gone through myself, but it sounds terrible. Uh, followed by yep. that, we have Joe and Latifi rounds out the 10th spot. I told you it'd be a weird qualifying. Uh, after that, we have Vettel, Stroll, Perez, Alcon, and then we have Bottas in 15th. And then rounding out the bottom 20, we have Magnussen, Schumacher, Sainz, Hamilton, and Tsunoda. Yeah. Yeah, so got... a, a lot of penalties. Lots of penalties. Um... I'm not sure what happened to Sonoda. Actually, no, he had a back of the grid as well. And then Hamilton out-qualified him. So, Hamilton, Sonoda, and Sainz were kind of sent to the back of the grid. Uh, Schumacher had a penalty. Bottas had a penalty. Akon, Perez. Uh, there were a ton. Verstappen had one. Uh, that was just a five-place grid drop, though. Um... But yeah, there was kind of this weird conundrum <laughs> where after after qualifying, it took them like three hours to release the official grid order because they had to sort through everything. Um, it was wild. No one actually knew what happened other than Leclerc on pole after qualifying was over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was it was weird. Uh, but Monza is a, a power circuit, so getting those engine changes in as fast as possible uh, definitely helped some teams make a difference in the race, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of the race, let's get into it. Um, on the start, Lando Norris got a pretty bad start and fell fell a couple of places. Uh, Leclerc took uh, an early lead from Russell and Ricardo, uh, who slotted back into second and third, respectively. Um, but then, as everyone was expecting... Max Verstappen made a charge to the front very quickly. Um, he was in second place by lap five after starting seventh. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, that was kind of the story of the race. That's kind of becoming the story of the second half of the season here. Is Max is just so fast. Doesn't matter where you put him on the grid, he'll end up in front. <laughs> yeah. An early DRS train was created uh, by the McLaren of Daniel Ricciardo, who was in P4. Hung uh, on to that P4 for kinda... quite a while, too. He did, yeah. Uh, Monza's kind of known for DRS trains. Uh, it kind of tends to create very long ones <laughs> um, that hinder a lot of drivers. And the reason being is that DRS is not nearly as powerful at Monza because a lot of teams are running as little rear wing as possible anyway. Um, so the, the DRS slots, I guess you could call it, 
uh, are super small and they don't give you nearly as as much of a uh, slipstream advantage um, or aerodynamic advantage, I guess, <laughs> in a straight line as they normally would. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just really hard to stay on the back of people, especially out of the last corner of the parabolica, which is very, very aero-dependent. And so if you're in dirty air, you're going to drop back. And then the DRS isn't quite strong enough to get you past on the straight that follows. Uh, so that's kind of the reason that um, the DRS train is kind of <laughs> uh, infamous at Monza, I guess. Um, but yeah, Danny Ricardo was able to take advantage of that for most of the race. And like you said, he stayed in P4 for a good, what, probably two-thirds of it? Three-quarters, even? Yeah, uh, right up until he pitted. Yeah. But as I was watching yeah. it, actually, the Monza track, at least that straight, kind of reminds me of Portland with the, the chicane, except the one at Monza is so much skinnier. Yeah, at way, Portland, way tighter. At Portland, it's a passing opportunity. Here, it's essentially just an extra braking zone to vibe check the drivers behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Monza Turn 1 is also famous for generating many, many crashes. Um seems like there's always something going on at turn one every race that happens there but um yeah i i love this track it's it's a lot of fun i like driving it in the games and all that good stuff it's really simple it's very lots of long straights but that's kind of the the appeal to it i think um and then the corners that there are on the track are very difficult because you're always coming off a long straight into a heavy braking zone yeah, so you really got to watch your, your braking zone, and then you're just absolutely hammering your brakes after a long straight, too. Yeah, and then you want to get on the power as early as possible to get the best run onto the straights. Um, so it's it's a, tr it's a tricky track, even though um, it's uh, a lot of straights. <laughs> it's, it's pretty tough. Um, but anyway, Carlos Sainz was uh, making his way pretty quickly through the field in the beginning. Yeah, he was up to P10 by lap 6. Uh, on lap 12, Sebastian Vettel had, unfortunately, an engine failure, um, and he caused a virtual safety car as he stopped his car on the side of the track. Uh, Leclerc pitted under the VSC, but Verstappen kept going, um, so that promoted Verstappen to the lead. Um, and unfortunately for Ferrari, the track rank went green flag conditions while uh, they went back to green while Leclerc was still in the pits, so he got kind of a half free pit stuff <laughs> half price <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so that kind of was unfortunate for ferrari but i don't think it would have made a difference in the end um but after that carlos Sainz was uh made it up to p4 by lap 14 uh so i guess he did pass ricardo early on but um ricardo did stay in front of a lot of people <laughs> leading that drs train um, Verstappen ended up pitting on lap 26 for the medium tires, uh, and then after that he, he came out in front and gapped the field, and the drivers kind of went around the track with not too much movement until Ricardo ended up breaking down on the side of the road on lap 47, uh, with an engine failure. Uh, his broken down car caused a safety car that controversially lasted until the end of the race, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, 
And then the race ended up being Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell on the podium. Uh, Sergio Perez had the fastest lap, and Nick DeVries had the driver of the day. Yeah, definitely earned that. Uh, can we also get oh, a pass on our driver of the day uh, prediction? Yes. Considering <laughs> we didn't even know that was an option. At the <laughs> he, time. Was, he technically wasn't even an option at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get a pass on that one. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I thought about that earlier too. I'm like, yeah, we both got our <laughs> driver of the day prediction wrong because he wasn't even an option. Um, but anyway... Uh, results of the race. Do you want to go over those, Ben? Yes. Okay. So, obviously, in first, we had Verstappen. Uh, that was never really in jeopardy. Uh, followed by that, we had Leclerc. So, that's a, a win for the Tifosi at Monza. Not exactly what they would have wanted to see, but it's closer than they were last year. Uh, after that, we have Russell, and then Sainz in fourth, so close to a podium. Uh, and then we have Hamilton in fifth. We have Perez, Norris, Gasly, Nick DeVries in ninth. Uh, followed by Joe in 10th, and then we have Ocon, Schumacher, Bottas, Sunoda, and Latifi in 15th, uh, followed lastly by Magnussen in 16th, and then for our DNFs, we had Ricardo, Stroll, Alonso, and Fettel, all due to various different engine failures. Yep, uh, Vettel and Stroll, or uh, it was Vettel and Ricardo, were the only DNFs that affected the race, Stroll and Alonso were able to make it to the pits with their problems, so they didn't uh, end up holding anybody up. Yeah, crush for Alonso. He was doing super well, uh, very solidly oh, yeah. in the top 10, and then complained about not having a whole lot of power and the engine setup not being quite right all race, and then eventually pitted. Yeah. Um, yes, this was uh, not the most... Uh, most entertaining race, I'll say it. Um, but, you know, it was still Monza. It was still a spectacle. Uh, podium ceremony was awesome. Lots of red smoke as opposed to the orange smoke we're all accustomed to. Yeah. Um, I did. I will say I did fun. really like the pit strategies. Uh, I, a lot of teams were planning on one stops, but between the safety cars and uh, just tire dig and all that, seeing other teams move to two or even three stop strategies by the end of the race was... Pretty, pretty cool. It was a little harrowing for some of the teams. I wonder if they'd pull it off. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool seeing the different strategy. What was also cool was uh, we got to see a brand new driver, Nick DeVries, in his first weekend uh, as a Formula One driver. Um, I spent most of the race just watching him and where he was at and just hoping he wouldn't drop back. Yeah, um, and he cool. didn't, to his yeah. credit. He's able to kind of nestle into that DRS train and hang out there for almost the entire race yeah so nick devries uh actually had a free practice one test with aston martin this week so he did that on friday morning and then uh saturday morning he was drinking a cup of coffee and gets a call from williams and they asked him if he would do them the service of driving their race car <laughs> that weekend because uh alex albon had appendicitis as we previously stated and was in the hospital recovering from his surgery um it was kind of funny he posted on twitter that he was bummed because he had a fast car this weekend so he was he was bummed that he couldn't <laughs> couldn't race but he he said that the pros of this was he'd have weight reduction for for uh singapore and cool scars to show off <laughs> yeah there we go 
But, this uh, is I, I love Alex Albon. He is such a positive dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see that his um, uh, stint at Red Bull didn't break his spirit. Yeah, I feel like Gasly kind of went to a dark place for a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're really Albon, bad post-breakup. Yeah. <laughs> Albon, Albon's doing okay, though. I think he's liking his life at Williams. A uh, lot less pressure on him. And, yeah. um, and the fast car didn't can... go to waste this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we wish Alex Albon a speedy recovery. Uh, hopefully he'll be back in the car by Singapore. I don't actually know, though. They were talking about that in the post-race interview with uh, Nick DeVries. Um, I didn't even think about it, but I don't know if three weeks is enough time for Albon to be physically fit for the most demanding race on the calendar. That is a, the, a good question. The other thing is I don't know if Nick DeVries is ready for the most demanding race on the calendar when he was saying after the least demanding race on the calendar, physically at least, that his shoulders were killing him and he could barely lift his arms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so going from Italy, which is like, like I said, it's it doesn't take a huge toll on the drivers who are in shape and in race like fitness. Um, for that to wear him out, which I don't blame him because it's still an F1 car and you've still got a lot of G-force on you for a sustained period. Um, I'm not sure if he can handle Singapore with the heat and humidity. And it's a street circuit, so the G-forces are even higher. Like, it's going to be interesting. Dude, need to see him. if he can even keep his head up. <laughs> the peanut butter, the creatine, he needs to hit the gym every day. Might yeah. be able to do it. It'll be interesting. He's got three weeks to prepare. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, see, I, the I most we'll just have to wait. Nick DeFries ever in preparation for Singapore. <laughs> yeah. Absolute monster. Yeah, I can see it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see if Albon ends up in the car again or if he has to take another another race off. Um, but three weeks is a long time. I'm sure a lot will happen between now and then. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So another thing, Ferrari didn't mess up this week. They actually made the some pretty time, good strategy calls. They did. It was awesome. Like Crazy. seeing Ferrari perform at you know the expected level. <laughs> yeah, it's just unfortunate that they gave Red Bull so much time to come up with the most dominant car on the grid. Yeah. Um. So Ferrari, while they did play their cards pretty perfectly, they did have that little hiccup with the VSC ending prematurely. Um, that wasn't really their fault, though. No, and at least uh, Leclerc was able to get in early, and I think that actually helped his chances. I think if he had pitted later, uh, that if they had been trying to do parity with Red Bull, I think they would have lost that game 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were just they were just slower pace wise this weekend, along with Mercedes. I mean, Red Bull is just so far clear. Well, I'd, it's hard for me to even say that though, when Perez is finishing behind all of those guys. Uh, granted, Perez did have some troubles early on, like really early on in the race. Uh, had to pit stop pit on like lap six, I think lap six or seven. Yeah, and I think um, I saw somewhere that he actually has a a different version of the car than max uh due to some cost oh, does constraint he? thing or something oh that would explain it because i was gonna say that i mean the red bull doesn't 
in, in Perez's hands doesn't look any faster than the Ferrari or Mercedes. It looks pretty equal. Yeah, no, which wasn't the case at the start of the season. Not at all, no. Um, it's unsubstantiated. I can't remember where I saw the headline, uh, Classic Ben, but I definitely do ben. remember somewhere uh, seeing that he may have a, a different version of the car that's a bit slower, or a bit older at least. I believe it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but whatever car Verstappen has is very, very rapid. <laughs> yeah. Um, Max is just such a master at his craft, and it's a privilege to be able to watch this. Um, I mean, I think I I don't think I stand too far out of reason when I say that. I mean, Max is gonna be you know ten years from now, Max is gonna be viewed as up there with the greats. Uh, I think. Yeah, and I mean, getting to see him mature from even last season, uh, not reckless, but a very aggressive driver. Mm-hmm. Making a lot of kind of risky moves and really uh, just working the car and working as hard as possible to reach Lewis Hamilton. And this year, uh, just super mature drives, super easygoing, uh, doesn't really seem to be stressed at all. So that's a huge change in just mentality, I think, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very excited to see where Verstappen's career goes. I know he said that F1 is not his forever home. Uh, he does want to do other things in his life. Um, so I don't think he's going to be around for as long as a lot of people thinks think he is, especially if he just wins a bunch of championships. Um, but I don't think his goal is to be the, the greatest of all time in F1, so I don't think he's going to try to beat you know Lewis's records or anything. NASCAR truck series. Uh, yeah, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if he went out to Rally, though. Uh, I don't know. Rally seems like more likely to me. Uh, could be World Endurance, too. I think he's expressed interest in Le Mans a few times. That'd be cool. Uh, yes, that would be pretty neat. Uh, maybe he'll have a similar path to Fernando Alonso in that respect. Um, but anyway, Mercedes had really good straight line speed this week. I was not expecting that. Uh, they haven't been good in a straight line this year so far, but they were right up there uh, fighting it out with the Ferraris. So promising stuff from them uh, as we head into the end of the season. Um, then Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel bad for him. But I mean, that's kind of it's kind of become obvious that he's not the guy Williams needs when Nick DeVries steps into the that car for the first time on Saturday. Doesn't Absolutely even get to test really. Yeah, qualify. I'll qualifies him like he didn't. I don't think he drove in practice three. So I think I think DeVries's first time in that Williams this weekend was in qualifying. Um. He beats Latifi in qualifying and then comprehensively destroys him in the race. Uh, yeah, I don't see Latifi surviving that. Not a great confidence builder. I feel like that's kind of the death blow. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw DeVries sign to a, to a team here pretty quickly. Uh, either Alpine or Williams. I, if I were Williams, I'd scoop him up as soon as possible. Um I saw an article today. It does not sound like Colton Herta will be granted a super license. Um, 
So I think Pierre Gasly will stay where he's at at AlphaTauri, and uh, the open seat at Alpine remains. Um, it's kind of unfortunate. I wanted to see Herta in F1, but at the same time, um, I'm actually kind of happy that they followed their own rules. Uh, and it's it's it just gets hard when you know people want something, but F1 has to bend the rules to make it happen. It's there are a couple of examples of that that are <laughs> a little yeah. obvious, but we'll not go into that for now. <laughs> yeah, and it, it does lead we'll to leave a, that. <laughs> a larger discussion with the whole super license system and how many points series outside of the F1 feeder series uh, people get right. on their super licenses, especially IndyCar. Uh, it's been a, a huge topic conversation the past couple of weeks as the conversation yeah. around you know Alex Pillow and... Colton Herta and all these other IndyCar drivers, you know, getting practice drives with F1 drivers and all that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, that's definitely a discussion for another day and maybe by some people who have a, a bit more knowledge about the subject than we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last thing to talk about, we'll just go over a little bit, um, was the safety car at the end of the race. It was super weird. Like there were six laps left to go when Ricardo crashed and it somehow took them all six laps to get his car out <laughs> off the track. I mean, granted it wasn't in the best spot, but it was not, it wasn't like the car was destroyed and in a million pieces strewn everywhere. Like it took them way too long to recover that car and none of the teams were happy about it. And none of the fans were happy about it because the race ended under safety car. Yeah, yeah, I think part of the problem, it looked like the stewards struggling to get it out of gear. Uh, so they they tried to get it out of gear and just push it back. But if they had gone straight to the cherry picker, I think it probably would have gone a little faster. But they struggled with the yeah. gearing for a couple laps, it seemed like. Yeah, there were a couple discussions about, you know, maybe they should have red flagged the race with three laps left uh, just to get a standing start. I don't know how I feel about that. Like. Yeah. That just that just makes the first, you know, forty eight laps or fifty laps or however many I don't know um, feel like it didn't really mean anything because under red flags condition under red flag conditions, uh, drivers and teams can change tires, so it would have made like the first fifty laps of the race pretty pointless. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think it would have been fun to see a standing start. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of people a fun factor would have been better. Oh, for sure. It would have been like a kind of a Baku 2021 situation. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people were drawing comparisons to Abu Dhabi, which I can see why, because it kind of played out in a very similar way. Um, the seal flag was handled very handled differently. Much better than the one at <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, and, they followed the rules. Yeah, and honestly, the fact that they followed the rules and uh, it was all very procedural... It went how it should have gone. Uh, I wasn't too mad about the yellow flag conditions at the end of the race, at least in yeah, terms of that, a fairness aspect. For sure. Like, I was not upset after that race. I was disappointed that we were ended under safety car and it was kind of anticlimactic. I think that's where most fans sit. Um, so that we're not really upset at uh, how they handled it. Um, because I think especially after seeing Abu Dhabi... Um, 
just sitting there watching all of the procedures and rules be followed to a T was actually nice. <laughs> yeah, a little a little consistency. Yeah. Um unlike Abu Dhabi where everything was well, everybody knows that story, so we we don't need to revisit <laughs> that. Uh everybody's got an opinion on that one. But anyway, that's kind of the Italian Grand Prix this week. Um interesting things to talk about. Great job to DeVries getting points in his first race um, as an F1 driver. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool. I would say it doesn't happen too often, but I feel like every single rookie that has come in in the last two or three years has scored points in their debut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Guanyu, <laughs> Yuki Sonoda. Sonoda, dude. Yep. Uh, DeVries have all scored points yeah. in their rookie debut. Yeah. One thing I thought was funny was they showed a graphic of uh, Williams drivers uh, over the past few years and how long it's taken them to score points. It took George Russell like 48 races. I think it took Kivitza 11. It took Latifi like 29. <laughs> and then uh, DeVries comes out and scores it on his first race with Williams. <laughs> uh, pretty cool. Um, I think George Russell uh, might have had his uh, head in his hands a little bit on that one. but I don't think he has too much right. to complain about. In a no. second place podium at Monza with Mercedes. Yeah. Probably he's probably pretty yeah, happy with that. Yeah, he's having a great season. Um and I'm sure they're probably friends too, because DeVries is a Mercedes reserve driver, so they probably know each other pretty well. Um and I know Lewis Hamilton was congratulating him after the race and did on social media as well. Um Feels, it feels like a lot of people really like DeVries and uh, would not mind having him on the grid next year. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so let's go over the championship real quick. Not much has changed. We won't go through everything. Um, anything notable? Nick DeVries moves into 20th place ahead of Nico Hulkenberg and Nicholas Latifi. So uh, <laughs> Latifi's not even in the top 20 anymore. Um Got those three Williams at the bottom, except for Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, other than that, not much has changed. Verstappen's still out in front. Leclerc's still in second. Uh, George Russell is catching up to second place, though. 16 points behind Leclerc in second, and 7 points behind Perez in third. Uh, I think those three are going to start fighting it out pretty, pretty closely here. Um, but, yeah, and then... Constructors-wise, I don't think anything really changed. It looks no. like it all stayed the same. No, Alpine had a, um, a terrible weekend in their uh, fight against McLaren. They're still ahead, but having both or having Alonso and did Alcon retire? No, Alcon just didn't no. get into the points. Uh, they did not have a very good weekend against McLaren, who got Norris into seventh. Yeah. Um, where did Ricardo end up? He was... He DNF. Oh, he, he DNF, that's right. Um, yeah, so McLaren made a little bit of headway on Alpine. Um, maybe the fight will heat up again, but, uh, we'll see. I still think Alpine's probably got fourth place. They're, they're just really, they have a really fast car. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, alright, pit stop championship. Uh, surprise, surprise. The winner, once again, goes to Sergio Perez uh, with a time of 23.299 from pit entry to pit exit. Um, These times really uh, made a then, difference this time. Uh, 
Uh, the, the pit entry and exit are so much shorter in Monza than a lot of other tracks. Yeah. Yeah, the pit stops did make a huge difference. There were a couple of uh, pretty close close calls <laughs> coming out of the pit lane. Um, but uh, yeah, so Perez first, uh, followed by Leclerc and Sainz on the podium for this. Uh, four and five were Verstappen and Tsunoda. Five through ten, rounding off the points, was Russell, Stroll, Latifi, Hamilton, and Ocon. Uh, pit stop championship standings, drivers, nothing's really changed, and constructors, uh, nothing's really changed. <laughs> so pretty run-of-the-mill finishing order, I guess. Yeah, um, uh, it is official that Lewis Hamilton is out of championship contention. Uh, if you do the math, there's 164 points left in the season, and he is 168 points behind. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, there's uh, that so, little tidbit. So Hamilton's out of the championship. Uh, are you talking about the championship championship or the pit stop championship? Oh, the regular championship. Sorry, I got distracted. I was regular. looking up and doing the Sorry. math. Uh, I completely <laughs> got lost. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just, uh, I wanted to clarify. <laughs> um, yeah, so Hamilton's out of championship. So Sainz is the last one in contention mathematically, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, Max Sorry Verstappen Sorry to uh, derail can... the conversation a little bit. No, it's okay. Uh, we can talk about this because uh, Max Verstappen technically, I think, has a possibility of winning the championship in Singapore in the next race. Correct. Uh, I think a lot of bad things would have to happen to Ferrari for that to happen, but that is not unheard of. It's possible. Ferrari has um, shown us before. Yeah. So if we get Perez out of the points, and then the Ferraris out of the points, uh, Stappen might win here uh, next time, but we'll see. Yep. Um, I think it's probably likely that he'll he'll wrap it up in Japan, which will be cool that because. Would be cool. Um, that's Honda's home race, and uh, I, I think Japan has a pretty cool podium ceremony, if I remember it correctly. It would have been way cooler if we had the Red Bull white Honda livery Ooh, this year, yeah. and Max Verstappen won. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, one year too late. Yep. <laughs> um, but we did get to see that livery, at least. It got used in Turkey last year, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be cool if they brought it back, but I don't think they will because Honda's technically not affiliated with Red Bull, but they also are. It's it's weird. I don't I don't know the specifics of their agreement. <laughs> it, yeah, but they kind of took a back seat, I think, but they're still like advising their engine department. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of weird stuff and weird political red tape and stuff. I'm sure. I don't know. We're not paid enough to uh, know. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Actually, we're not paid anything. I was going to say, I haven't been paid for any of this yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on to our predictions for the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, to remind everybody of the top five that actually occurred, it was Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell, Sainz, and Hamilton. Um, so, uh, I guess I'll go first. 
I got Verstappen right, winning the race. Uh, but then I said Perez, Leclerc, Russell, Sainz, uh, with Hamilton as my dark horse. Yeah. What'd you say? Uh, I also put Verstappen as first. I had Perez finishing second, though, followed by Sainz, Hamilton, and Leclerc. And then I had Alonso as my dark horse. Oof, uh, bummer. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say... <laughs> Is if Perez got second and everything else stayed the same, I would have gotten every single pick right all the way to my dark horse Hamilton in sixth place. Man, that would have been nice. But that did not happen. <laughs> we have yet to have a, a fully correct podium, I think. Yeah, it might be a while. Maybe um, next season. But maybe. We'll see. There's still six races this season. It could happen. Um, but fastest lap. Went to Sergio Perez this race. I said Verstappen. Yeah, we both put Verstappen for that. Yep. And driver of the day went to Nick DeVries, who was not even an option at the time of our guessing. We're calling it a wash. Uh, yeah. So I said Norris. I had Schumacher. And uh, you said Schumacher. Um, yeah. But we'll give it to DeVries. I am happy that he got it. He deserved it. Every every bit of it. Um. So, moving on to our predictions for the Singapore Grand Prix. It's been a few years since we've been here, but I'm very excited. It's a night race, and I think it uh, it's one of the coolest-looking tracks um, in terms of the <laughs> how it's displayed, I, mean, I guess. As of current, it doesn't really have too much competition for cool-looking night racing tracks. Yeah. I think if they made Miami a night race, that might change things, but... Uh, I don't know. Vegas next year will be interesting. That's for sure. Vegas will Vegas will be a spectacle for sure. I can't wait. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford to go because I'm hearing how much the ticket prices are going to be, and it's like, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe Austin. Maybe we can go to Austin next year. <laughs> I'm thinking that's much more reasonable. Probably. Um. All right. Uh. I guess. Uh. Do you want to? predict first or do you want sure. me to go first okay okay singapore gp well uh, it sounds so boring but first up it's probably gonna win this uh-huh uh, i think leclerc second and followed by russell hamilton and signs and then my dark horse i'm going to say not gonna be yugi sonoda that'd be i don't know i kind of oh, want wow, i, I kind of wow. want to see him win a race i've been thinking about it a lot recently i don't know why you uh, want yuki sonoda to win a race want yuki sonoda to win a race or at least get a podium or somewhere close wow uh ben wants yuki sonoda to win a race we'll see <laughs> but no for my dark horse i am going to put this is a tough one i don't know how any of these drivers are going to behave on this track in these cars. Yep, it is the first time we're seeing seeing these cars on this do I, super tight do track. Do I dare put Nick DeVries? Oh, man, you, <laughs> you're betting he's going to be driving. <laughs> he could no, send it. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll go back to... I'll put in Alonzo. I'll give him another chance. Okay. Um, Alright, I'm going to save Verstappen as well. Wins this race. Uh, second, I'm going to put Hamilton second, actually. Ooh. And Russell third. P 
Perez fourth, Leclerc fifth, and well, I guess I'll do Sainz as my dark horse. All right, we'll see how that uh, shapes up. Yeah, I think McLaren's going to have the edge at this one. Uh, and Hamilton's really good at Singapore. Yeah. But, um, all right, fastest lap. What are you thinking? Uh, I'll, I'll put Perez. Perez? Okay. Yeah. Um, who do I think? I'm going to say Leclerc. Um, okay, driver, driver of the day. Do we think it's going to be based on a, a fan favorite or race performance? Uh, well, that's kind of the question, isn't it? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm gonna take a, I'll, I'll take the plunge. I'm gonna say Nick DeVries because if I think if Nick <laughs> DeVries drives, I think he'll win driver of the day. Yeah. Okay. Um so I'll take I'll take my risk and if he doesn't drive then oh well. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put Leclerc. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh that rounds off our predictions and uh that kind of rounds off the episode. Do you have any wonderful words of wisdom for the wonderful people out there, Ben? Yeah. Uh so if you're fishing a really deep lake, uh, particularly for uh, a particularly aggressive trout-like fish, you don't really want to go for a, a super discreet kind of more fish-like lure. You want to go for kind of a louder lure, uh, like a buzz bomb or a, a bigger spinner, and just troll that thing along the bottom uh, for like half an hour and give that a try. Did you catch anything, man? Caught one 10-inch rainbow trout between the three pools we had in the water and the three days we were on the water. We caught one 10-inch rainbow trout. <laughs> Attaboy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, sounds fun. Yeah. I, I wish I got to go camping before summer ended, but now now everywhere I could go camping is on fire. So You're going to get miners uh, lung pretty quick if you go out now. Yeah, not the best idea. Um, but maybe we can do some winter camping. <laughs> uh, My favorite. That'll be interesting. Yeah, right? Uh, dig out a little ice cave, all that good stuff. Um, but anyway, <laughs> before we get too far down that rabbit trail, uh, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. If you'd like to follow our th thoughts and opinions on the motorsport world, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RevHangMedia. If you have any thoughts or questions about racing or even about us, post a tweet at hashtag RevHangPodcast, or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram, and we may feature your question on the next show. We'd absolutely love to interact with you guys uh, and get the dialogue going. Uh, you can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and or myself at 2N underscore squared. While you're at it, go check out our website, RevHang.com, where you can find a calendar of upcoming races, updated standings for the racing series we talk about, along with our often severely incorrect predictions for the F1 season. We will return in three weeks to talk about the Singapore Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out. See you guys.